And so the topic is redeemed from the law into grace. And the uh, Lord took me to Galatians 4, verse 4 and 5, that kind of lays this all out. It says, but when the fullness of time was come, and that's a past tense, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Now that's good because we need Jesus, but uh, there's a better explanation in verse 5. It says, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Praise God. Man, that is a that that is a wonderful, wonderful verse. Let me let me read it in another translation here. It says um, in verse five, it says his mandate was to rescue the human race from the regime of the law. Boy, isn't that something? The regime that doesn't <laughs> that's not something we want to be under, right? Mm-hmm. The regime of the law of performance. And announce the revelation of their true sonship in God. So basically, Jesus came to save us from the the law. I mean, he did many things when he came here on earth, uh, but that is one of the things that he definitely saved us from. Um, from this performance-based, you have to perform a certain way to be accepted into the kingdom or to be accepted into your local church or whatever, you have to perform a certain way that fits the law. And it's a shame, Jim, right now that the law, you're going to hear a lot of stuff about being free in, in his grace and whatever, and to be able to live that abundant life without all these restrictions and do's and don'ts and whatever, you're going to hear that for the next hour. But it, it's just so wonderful that we have the ability to go in union with him and to be one with him. He's given us that. That's part of what grace offers you is that oneness to be one with him yeah and it's an experience too that we're talking about here um un- until you actually experience what we're talking about um you're not going to find this rest and this peace uh if you're still sitting under a message let's say um you know where they're always putting a yoke on you about you know, you you have to go out there and pass out them four spiritual law tracks, and you have to do this, and you have to do that. Um, and there's nothing wrong with it. Don't misunderstand me. But if you're doing it out of the motives um, of law, then you're doing it because you're trying to be accepted and earn by the your Lord. Way. Yeah, and earn your way. And um, and that is very disappointing uh, to the father. You know, if you can disappoint him, I mean, he's not like a human. He understands where we're coming from, okay? Uh, but, you know, he sent his son. He so loved the world that he sent his son to redeem us out from under the law. And for us to turn right back around and try and yoke ourselves back up again with that law. And many times I think that, unfortunately, 
um, there are ministries out there that have a tendency to yoke us up again under the law, and it's it's kind of a way that I think that they have of keeping us, you know, in that particular fellowship. Um, I know that initially in my salvation journey, I started out with a church, and, and they told me that if I missed service on Sunday, that that was what they called a mortal sin. And, I mean, that and was punishable. really guilty. Oh, my and God. It ruined your whole day because— you what? missed it. Maybe there was a reason for it. Maybe wasn't there just, wasn't. It <laughs> wasn't just guilt. There was a lot of fear yeah. because I was told that I was going to burn eternally if uh, if I was missing services. So that's kind of an example of what we're talking about when, when Rich is talking about the law. I hope we further along than that because you're talking, what, 40 years ago? Yeah, yeah. But there's still but a lot there's of people still, that, yeah. Yes, I agree with you. There's still, it's still going on, yeah. you know. But in him, we recognize our true beginning. You know, the glory that Adam lost has been returned with all this, with Jesus. Only grace can communicate truth in such a complete context. We're talking about grace here. And I know we hear a lot of talk about grace, but do we really understand what the grace of God is? Again, with the law comes grace, and we're going to talk a lot about that. But let's talk about that word redemption, because the topic is redeemed from the law. And then I just added this uh, little bit into his marvelous grace. But anyway, um, redemption is the process by which the life and substance of man's lesser self are brought to conform to the standards of his spiritual self. The body is redeemed by, from destruction by attaining spiritual consciousness on earth. Remember in, uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians 15:53, for this corruptible must put on incorruption. To bring it down to, to where we live, uh, the word redeemed. Do you remember, boy, I'm showing my age on this one, Jim. Do you remember you went to Kroger and you got top value stamps? Remember that? No, it was before my oh, time. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> you were out running around in your hot rod when that was going on. But anyway. Um, I had hair then, too. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway, you, you, you would go, you'd buy groceries at Kroger, and then with your receipt, you got these top value stamps, these mm-hmm. yellow stamps. Well, what were they for? Well, you could redeem them for a toaster or a mixer or whatever. There was a, a catalog that you could redeem these stamps. So, so that's what we're talking about when we talk about redemption, taking something and redeeming it for something better exchanging it exchanging we did a whole podcast on the god exchange whenever you exchange with god you're always up and up in the deal you're always getting more than what you could possibly give him amen you know so you know the um we must make that transition from the lesser to the higher self, and that can only be done through the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That's the key to this whole thing. Um, 
The Bible shows us, there's a bunch of laws, but there's two main laws here. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the law of sin and death. Now, it doesn't take a genius to figure out which one you want. Because, you know, the law of sin and death. You know, I found it interesting, Jim, that says sin and death. Yeah, well, that's what brings you into the grave. Yeah. The sin. Yeah. Missing I the found that, that, the, that the, the Bible added death to that. Well, um, that's where that one scripture says, for he abolished sin and death. Right. Because once sin was abolished, death had to go with it. There's no more dying. And that's another topic, but we'll yeah. probably get into that sometime soon. But yeah. anyway, the law that Moses laid down for the children of Israel was one of denial and affirmation. Principally denial, though. The law that Jesus gave was one of affirmation and love. Now, are you getting this? Because there were two trees in the garden. You know, denial, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, denial and affirmation, and the tree of life, which was affirmation and love. And that's why the Lord told Adam and Eve to only partake. You can have it from any of the trees, but don't touch the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Eat from that tree of life. So in taking control of the forces within, keep on the affirmative side. It's a choice. Let the preponderance of your thought be positive. Be positive people out there. And do not spend much time saying negative things. And don't say negative things about yourself like, you know, I can never do that or I can't get a hold of my emotions and whatever, um, you may find it helpful sometimes to, to say that you're on the positive side. Like, if you're fearful, don't say I'm fearful. Say, I'm not afraid. That's where knowing the Scriptures helps, because I can do all things through Christ yeah. who strengtheneth me. But the law basically came in to... Um, form the basis of Jewish law and tradition. That's, that's what it all came in. Um, the people in the wilderness required a mediator, and that was Moses. And Moses said because he, he told he was having a conversation with um, Jethro, his, his father-in-law, and he said, and he told Jethro, because, Jeth, by the way, if you want to read that, it's really Jethro, who wasn't Jewish, he was a wise man. I mean, if you read through that, you, he, he gave Moses some good counsel. Anyway, uh, he, he goes on to say, he tells Jethro, he said, uh, because the people come to me to learn God's will. They wanted Moses to tell them what God was saying. I've got awesome news for you today. We don't need a mediator anymore. We can hear from God directly. Now, I'm not saying we don't need the fivefold ministry. That's not what I said. I'm saying that we don't need a mediator to hear God's voice for ourselves. 
And that, how could there be better news than being able to hear God for yourself? You know, the Lord said that in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life. And they that shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Well, I think, Rich, that that was the greatest difference between law and grace. Under the Old Testament, which is the law, Ten Commandments and what have you, God always chose a man to speak through. Mm -hmm. He always chose a vessel. Uh, He never had... You know, thousands of people that he was speaking to is just a man. You know, it was either Moses or Isaiah or Ezekiel. And, you know, Moses made a very interesting comment that I read many years ago. I didn't understand it, but I do today. Moses made the comment that he knew he was a prophet of God. He knew he was uh, the oracle of God, speaking the word of God. And then he said, but shouldn't all of God's people be prophets? <laughs> Shouldn't all of God's people be prophets? Hear from God? Yeah, and I think that he actually was prophesying of our day. Because a prophet is simply an individual that hears the voice of God and proclaims the word, the living word of God. And so Moses was seeing something way down the road when he said, shouldn't we all be prophets? Shouldn't all of you hear the voice of God? He was on to something there, you know? (laughs) Well, I heard someone say that I totally agree with is that The prophet is not doing, of today, right now, the prophet of today is not doing his job if he's not leading people to the Lord to hear from them for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. If it's like, oh, look at me, I'm this wonderful prophet, and I hear from God, uh, so you come to me and I'll tell you what God says— that's wrong. That is not what God wants. God wants the prophet to make more prophets. To lift up Christ. Sure. Right, yeah. Otherwise, he becomes the Lord over the flock. And the Lord never intended for any of the fivefold ministers to be lords over the flock. There's no. only one Lord. There's only yeah. one shepherd. Right, amen. And Jesus uses that metaphor as sheep, and and he's the good shepherd, Um, But it's so much better than that metaphor. I mean, he calls us friends. You know, a sheep and the shepherd, there's there's a distinction there. There's no distinction between us and him as far as, you know, our relationship. Um, He calls us friends. He he tells us we're co-heirs with him. Mm -hmm. And... and (laughs) I'll say this, and there's the Bible backs it up. He calls us basically equal. If you're co-heir with someone, you have an equal share, right? Yeah, that's so, my understanding. So you know, if you're a co-heir, you you know you're equal. And Galatians three twenty six it says, "There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, neither male or female." That, that lays it all out, that there's no distinction. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Yeah, that's where the Pharisees had a real struggle when, when, God, when Jesus started talking that way. Uh, you know, basically they said, well, you, you a mere man, you're, you're claiming you're making yourself out to be God. 
And then he quoted the scriptures back to them in Psalms where he says, well, doesn't your word on the scriptures say that ye are gods and sons of the Most High? And that was the reason why they wanted him crucified, because they were the lords in that day, and they saw the Lord standing in front of them. And it was like, if people start believing this man, uh, we're gonna we're gonna lose our authority and our power, yeah. and um, you know there may be a little bit of that right now even going on inside the church today with all these denominations and that you know there's some of them are they're you know they're kind of in it for the, the glory and the power and uh, a word of encouragement to all the shepherds out there um, we better stay focused on on who the Lord is and who the true shepherd is praise God. Yeah, and there is only one shepherd. Amen. I mean, you can say what you want. There's only one shepherd, and that's Jesus. He is the great and good shepherd. He's the chief shepherd. He is, for sure. Um, I'm going to read this uh, Galatians 3 in in another uh, one here. It says, What Jesus believes to be true about you is the final confirmation of mankind's redeemed sonship. His his faith, not your faith, but his faith is the only valid reference to your belief. We've talked a lot about, you know, our faith and his faith. Well, our faith is his faith. Or it's no faith at all. Right. Yeah. And we we think we can just muster up a lot of faith here and whatever, but it's his faith is the only thing that's going to move mountains. It's not, you can't work yourself up into a frenzy to get a mountain moved. Yeah, and as young Christians, I think that that is the initial understanding that they have. I think a lot of times that's the way it's preached from many of the pulpits, uh, that you got to press in. You know, you really got to press in. Um, you got to pray, if you can, several hours a day or pray without ceasing. And, and it makes it sound so arduous, so hard. And I think that's what kind of runs a lot of the young people away from the church because the message all sounds like a message of works instead of grace. Performance. Yeah, it's a performance religion, uh, and, and it's not that. Um, you know, I, I, I always say on, on the air here that the main thing that's on Father's heart is not so much what we're doing for him, but what he's already done for us. That's what he wants us to know. But the only way you're going to find out the, this wonderful grace that we're talking about here this morning is to come into a oneness and into an intimate relationship with him. And generally that comes from spending time with the Lord and meditating on God and focusing on Jesus Christ. Because God is faith. And the more he imparts himself to you, uh, the more you take on the mind of Christ, um, which strengthens your faith, enlarges your faith, but it's all through the knowledge of him. Can't stress that enough. Amen, amen. Will, again, our topic today is redeemed from the law. So we're going to talk the rest of the program about the difference between the law and the grace, the difference between what Adam did and what Jesus did, so that you just get a really good understanding of where you stand today with the Lord. Because I think some people 
really question. I think Jim kind of hit it a little bit ago where where you stand with the Lord. Sometimes it's like, well, I don't think I stand very, very well uh, with him. I did this or I did that, and I'm sure he's not pleased, and I'm sure that maybe he doesn't even love me anymore. And that that's the farthest from the truth. And um, I liked what I heard one guy say, Rich. He says, I know God is love, but I just don't know if he likes me. <laughs> yeah. He may love me, but yeah. he doesn't like me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, there's a, a – I love Romans 8. I mean, let's face it. Uh, Romans 8 is a wealth of knowledge. Powerful and, chapter. Huh? Powerful it chapter. It is powerful. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna delve into it here because I think it answers a lot of questions. At least it did for me, and uh, hopefully it will for you too. But um, I'm gonna read a bunch of. Bear with me here. I'm gonna read out of the King James, and then I'm gonna read a couple verses of the uh, of where what we're reading now um, in a different translation that hopefully will clear some things up. There is therefore now. No condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And can we say this, Jim, that the, the law is flesh and grace is the Spirit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the law is the carnal mind of man, the flesh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. For the law, this is important right here, second verse, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. Meditate on that one for a while. Yeah. We are. (laughs) Okay, three. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. You know, that's the only thing I can see God condemning. I, I, God doesn't condemn man. It's if, It says if you're in Christ, there is no condemnation. Well, he sent Jesus to save man. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Okay, then verse 4, it says that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled where? In us. Mm-hmm. In us. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. I just gonna got to throw this in. Jesus said that he came to fulfill the law. Not to do away with it, but to fulfill. Well, how, what does that mean? I mean, that's a pretty powerful statement that Jesus made, and he made that way early in his ministry. He was the only one who was perfect in all his ways. And with him being perfect with all his ways, he could take every sin, past, present, and the future, and nullify it, make it of no account. He's the only one. Goes on to say in five, for they that are after the flesh do mind the, the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. 
Okay, so I'm going to read this, just the just first three out of this other, because it's so powerful. It says, the law failed to do anything more than an instruction manual. It had no power to deliver us from the strong influence of sin, holding us hostage in our own bodies. God disguised himself in his son in this very domain where sin ruled us in flesh. The body he lived and conquered in what in conquered in was no different to ours. There's that unity, there's that oneness. The sin's authority in human body was condemned. I mean, that's pretty powerful when you sit there and realize all the things that Jesus, all the things that Jesus accomplished in the three and a half or however many years he was on the earth in his ministry before his crucifixion, burial, resurrection, and ascension. Yeah, I think uh, what you're talking about is uh, reconciliation is the word that just keeps coming to my mind. And being a businessman, I think I'm an accountant. You know, you got two sides of a ledger. You got a debit and you got a credit. And we were on the debit side, <laughs> okay? We were. Yeah, and uh, there was a great debit. And uh, when Jesus came and gave his life for us, that became a huge credit. And basically what it did is that the bottom line, it reconciled that account back to the Father. We owed the Father nothing because the debt was paid in full. In full. Yeah, and and interestingly enough, then he goes right on to say, now you go and reconcile the world back to me. So that's kind of the ministry. We We have pretty much the same ministry that Jesus had when he walked the earth because it's Jesus working through us still again to reconcile the remainder of the unbelievers back to him. So we have a responsibility now that Christ is operating and working in us. And frankly, that's the only way that you totally get delivered from the law. You know, when you first get saved, you become a new creation. You have the Christ spirit inside of you, but then there's always that terrible warfare between, well, I'm still yet a sinner. And then the Christ in you says, no, you've been totally forgiven. Stop that kind of conversation coming out of your mouth. But a lot of times when you go into some of the different fellowships and you hear more about the sin instead of about the son, S-O-N, it it makes it hard to take on the mind of Christ and to become a full believer in that Uh, because we're still operating under the sin and, and the law and grace and the mixture, which is no good. A lot of confusion. Yeah, and we honor the fivefold ministry. We're, we, you know, we are part of the fivefold ministry, Jim and I. So, so we honor it. It's just that they ha- the job they have to do is to bring people to a point where they can hear from God themselves, and they can basically uh, yeah. not need a mediator yeah. to say what. God is saying because they can hear for themselves. That's what First John said. You know, when you become mature, he says, therefore, you have no need of a man to teach you. Yeah, you know, the Holy Spirit is yeah. your teacher. Paul said that you're under the fivefold ministry until, until when? Until you come to the place of maturity where you can hear God for yourself. Then, therefore, John says, you have no need of a man to teach you. 
And that's always been the goal of kingdom building is Absolutely. to bring help bring people to maturity. We we're not looking for disciples. Right. No. We're looking to make disciples. Yeah, we're looking for individuals to say, "Hey, I want more." Right. I want more of him and I, I want that life that abundant life, uh, the law of the spirit of Christ Jesus to come in and and have rule over my life. And when he does, you're going to you're going to change that that old becomes new and when it becomes new it's going to look more like jesus Mm -hmm. and that's our goal here is to hopefully help you challenge you um to to really dig deeper into your relationship with the lord and when you do that what happens is you end up um, being able to help others get them set free Mm-hmm. from the things that are holding them back. And it gets back to what you were talking about, Rich, in Romans 8, where it says all creation is groaning to see the manifestation of these mature ones, these yeah. mature sons of God, that they can walk in the same liberty that we're walking in. So that's what it's all about, you know. Uh, now we have the ministry of reconciliation, and that was the one that Jesus started at Calvary. Praise God, we didn't have to go through the crucifixion, but... <laughs> Who knows the way times are going now? I mean, a lot of brothers and sisters have gone that way and had great suffering. Uh, but, but right now, our responsibility is to spread the word. And with that grace comes this. In John 17, it says that they all may be one. As thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. That's a powerful verse, Jim, and the world doesn't see us as one. And it's a shame because, you know, if so many people have been told if someone has different beliefs than you, stay away from them. Thank God Jesus didn't feel that way. Boy, (laughs) no, he, he received everybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, Paul says, therefore, now we judge no one after the flesh. I mean, Paul was a mature man, and he he walked in the love of God, and he was ministering to the Corinthians, and he said, hey, guys, you can't judge anybody anymore after the flesh because you know what Christ has done for you. You know that Christ is in you, and your job is to reconcile and not to judge. There was only one judge, and Jesus had had all the authority to judge. but He didn't want, He no. said, I didn't come to judge. That's what he said. I, I came to save and to reconcile. Save. That's right. So, you know— I guess it's 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 frustrating, I'm sure, for many that sit there and, and see so much um, backbiting and this group is this way and that group's that way confusion. and stay away from it. It's all it is is confusion. Babylon. Yeah. It's confusion. Yeah, it is. confusion is in double-mindedness. It's like uh, I like you said. Where did Jesus say? Uh, well, this person doesn't believe the way I do. I, I'm not going to deal with them. He doesn't. No, he always went to the prostitutes, the tax collectors, the fishermen, the average everyday guy, you know. And the religious people chastised him. It was the problem. Their you know, and, and I think there's some religious people now that are chastising people. 
we're, the, the word love means love. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean, well, we'll decide who we're going to love. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jesus said, love God with everything you got and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Even love your enemies, he said. It's the only way you'll convert them. I mean, it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. It's right. not the fear and the, well, you better do this or you're going to go to hell or whatever. You know, it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Okay, so let me finish here in John 17 and verse 22. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. In them, I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved me, and thou hast loved me. That's that's pretty clear. Jesus is saying, look, we are all one. There's a unity there. There's a oneness and and can you imagine if if when because it's going to happen i mean judgment first comes to the house of the lord because he wants the the church to love people and love all the world like he the did. world yeah. and um so it's going to happen but what a wonderful thing that that's going to be when when we are all in unity and there's not uh hundreds of denominations out there that are doing saying different things about other denominations yeah there's a lot of misunderstanding today i think rich in many of the churches about judgment um you know when jesus died on the cross um i believe at that stage of the game that jesus delivered the world from judgment it said that he died for the sins of the world not just for the sins of the christians but but the sins of the world so in my point of view the world right now all of them their sins have been forgiven i think that's the way that we have to view them too i think this is one of the things that that religion has done in our thinking uh it has kind of put us in an exalted position because, you know, we go out in the streets and we see people as lost and we're saved, okay? But the Lord told me one day, he said, when you go out and you see creation, look at them all as pre-believers mm-hmm. because people have, they all have a spirit in them and they're all sensitive um, to the way that you react to them. And, and many of us in the church realm have become somewhat lifted up. And I think that turns off a lot of people when it comes to, quote, religion. And frankly, re- <laughs> Rich and I are starting to see in the last couple of years that uh, there is a lot of darkness in a lot of these religious places. And frankly, a lot of people are starting to come out and they're coming into a oneness with Jesus Christ. They're starting to spend one-on-one time with him. Uh, and, and that's the hour that we're in right now. God wants us to come into a oneness relationship with him. It's not us and them. No, it isn't. It's all us. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. In Romans 3.24, says, Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption of that is in Christ Jesus. Free is the word. Yeah. No if charge. you don't sense a freedom in your life, 
if you don't, if you haven't received His grace, today would be a good time to do that. You know, our topic today is re, is the uh, re, being redeemed from the law into grace, and and that's exactly what Romans three twenty four is saying: being justified freely by His grace. It's a wonderful thing, and and honestly. Jim and I have walked through this whole journey. He, he's been in it 40 years, yeah. I've, 40-some years. Yeah. I've been in it over 35. And yeah. we have walked through the valley of yeah. death, if, whatever you want to call it. I mean, where we saw things, we heard things that we even believed. That, that and then God took us out of it. Yeah, right. God took us so. To sit there and say, well, I believe the same way I did 50 years ago, I don't know. I, I think you need to reconsider because I think God is bringing us from glory to glory, which means that maybe some of your golden calves are going to have to be cast down. No question about that. You know, and, and if you don't see growth, then then the chances are you're just – you're just saying, okay, I've got it all, and I don't want to move from here because I've got it all. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, we will be the first to tell you we don't have it all by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. We're growing daily. And so all we want to do is encourage you to grow daily because it's such a wonderful walk when you if you're not feeling that freedom and you're not experiencing that grace cuz come what comes with that is peace, joy, love, all the fruit of the spirit and you know what one more thing I'll add to it rest. Mm-hmm. I'm Rest. glad you added that. Huh? I'm glad you added that because I was going to if you didn't. Okay. <laughs> but rest. Yeah. You know, rest is so important when you're living in a world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and the beautiful thing too, Rich, is one of the reasons why God sent us to this earth, and that's something that you're going to have to wake up to the reality of. Uh, we were with him before the foundation of the world. The scriptures are very clear. Yep. <coughs> clear that God knew us before he formed us in our mother's womb. And another thing, too, God picked your mother, mm-hmm. and he picked your daddy. I don't know what kind of relationship you had with your mother. I mean, I know that uh, I know Rich had a wonderful mother. So yes. did I, just a, just a beautiful lady. But I also know that many children today, <clears throat> you know, you hear these horror stories about, just like yesterday, some lady shot a six- or six-year-old yeah. in the head or something mm-hmm. of that nature. But, you know, irregardless of what you've been through with your parents, you've got to understand that God put you in that woman's womb. And there's going to be great lessons and there's going to be great accomplishments out of everything that you're going through. Paul said that we were going to have tribulation in the world, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. (coughs) Out of all the mistakes that we make, you know, the Lord gave me a poem a while back. And it's it, the poem is called, Behold, I Make All Things New. And it goes like this, Behold, I Make All Things New. What you knew as hardship, I am turning it into sonship. Uh, behold, I make all things new. What you know as bitterness and shame, I am turning it into your great gain. Behold, I make all things new. What you see as loss and destruction, 
I am turning it into heavenly construction. What you call lost cause, I will turn it into great applause, for I make all things new. So walk with me and talk to me and focus your sight on me, and you will see through my Father's eyes beyond all darkness and disguise, and truly you will start taking on a brand new view and understand that I make all things new, says the Lord. So all the darkness that you're walking through, by God's grace, it's all going to be converted into light. Amen. You know, we talk a lot about um, how our sins have been forgiven. I mean, it's all throughout the Bible. Sin is to live out of the context with the blueprint of one's design. That's not who you are. To behave out of tune with God's original harmony. And in, in, here's another way to look at 324. Jesus Christ is proof of God's grace gift. It's a free gift. It's available to all. He redeemed the glory of God in human life. Mankind condemned is now mankind justified. You know, it says all fell short in, you know, of the glory of God. But all fell short because of Adam. The same all are equally declared innocent because of Christ. The law reveals what happened to mankind in Adam. Grace reveals what happened to the same mankind in Christ. There is no distinction. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now they are all justified freely as a gift through the redemption of the, through the redemption, the liberating action of Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, powerful. The, like the scripture says, as in Adam, all men fell. Right. But in Christ, all shall be made alive. Yeah. Meditate on that sometime. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 22. That was the next thing I was going to say, Jim. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, praise God. Self-same spirit. In here. Christ shall all be made alive. If you're not, if you don't feel alive, if you're not excited when you get up in the morning, and yeah, you may have sickness, and yeah, you may have troubles, but you know, I talk to people during the week delivering meals, and you know, I tell them how blessed they are, whatever, and they they go, yeah, I'm on the right side of the dirt. <laughs> yes, yeah. if that's all you have to thank God for and to feel blessed then thank God and feel blessed for that. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Right. So if you think positive thoughts, you'll start feeling positive. See, that's it. it, We talked last week about vibrational levels. Science is, is, you know, science, God invented science. And there are, there's energy in our bodies. It's energy. Or we, you know, we've been made alive by the Spirit of God. And so that is energy. And it, have, energy has vibrational levels. Low vibrational levels would be, you know, you're, you're talking about or thinking about your lack, what you don't have. You're, you're, you're depressed. You're bummed out. Uh, that's a low vibrational level. High vibrational level is, 
I am blessed. God has blessed me. I'm blessed and highly favored, and I, I can go out there with the help of Christ and do anything. Whatever comes my way, I'm going to keep a positive attitude. I'm not going to let anybody, through what they say or do, control me. I'm only going to be controlled by the Spirit of God. Do you have a poem or anything? Yeah, there is one here. It says, uh, there has come a great grace upon my people. Of course, we're talking about grace, Rich. And it says, it's a grace to lead and a grace to guide. It's a place to draw you to my side, a place where I can lead you through the storms, a place where there will be no harm, a place where you can have my life and abide, a place where you can come and hide, a place where my power will be released upon the earth that's seeking peace. For I desire that all be saved and come into the Lord's new day. For my blood was shed for all mankind so that all would come into the divine. Beautiful. Romans 5, 5, therefore being justified by faith. We've been justified by his faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now you want to talk about high vibrational energy, positivity, whatever you want to call it, go to verse 2. We talked about through Jesus Christ. And then it says, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. You want to know how to get grace, or at least understand it and, and enjoy it? Right here is your answer. And rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. You know, we can rejoice when we just got bad news. We're not rejoicing about the bad news. We're rejoicing because of our who we are in Christ. We know God's going to deliver us. Yes. Yeah. Make something good out of it. Amen. And my last scripture of the day is Rome. I know we've given you a lot of scripture, but, you know, some of this stuff's kind of um, cutting edge, and we want to just make sure that you understand that um, we want to back what we say up with scripture. It says in Romans 5.15, but the free gift of God is not like the trespass because of the gift of grace overwhelms the fall of man. For if many died by one man's trespass, Adam's sin, much more abundantly did God's grace and the gift that comes by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to benefit the many. Yeah, you know, Rich, getting back to a comment that you made before, um, I don't know if we're getting into the metaphysical realm, uh, although there's some very interesting things in there that do confirm the word. Uh, but I think of the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. Remember you were talking about if you're going to think those low yeah. vibrational thoughts. Uh, it just seems like the universe, <laughs> in, if you're thinking low vibrational thoughts, you attract these dark, yes. low spirits. Yes. But if you're thinking positive thoughts and you're filling your mind, we'll say, with the Word of God, uh, then you will attract those things that, that God said uh, he chose for you to have. He said, above all, I pray that you may prosper, that you may be in health, as your soul prospers. And therein lies the key, your soul, which is your mind, your will, your intellect. And if emotions. you... Emotions. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that exactly. That boy, the emotions. Exactly. 
emotion, again, means energy in motion, okay? Um, but no, you will attract what comes out of your mouth, what you believe in your heart, okay? As a man believeth in his heart, so is he. The IT know? industry says garbage in, garbage out. Well, there you go. It's another worldly saying for it. But. You know, and I don't tell people you should not watch the news, but I chose not to. That That's just a choice that I made. I, people say, well, how do you get informed? Well, I'm, on my phone, I get different things that pop up. I you read hear from the, me. I, or I hear from Jim. Uh, but I, I see things pop up. I read just the title, and usually it's negative, and I just delete it. I, you know, I, I just – there's enough negativity out there. I want to be sure to guard myself from too much of it. Well, it does say guard your hearts for out of your heart flows – you know, the issues of life. Yeah. So we have to guard our heart. We do. We yeah. have to guard what goes into our eyes, what comes into our ears, and because yeah. it does go into your heart. False doctrines, so on. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if, right. if you have negativity, it's going to come out. Right. And nobody, I don't think very many people want to be around negative people. I think sure. they want people that's going to uplift them and bring them to a higher level so that um, it makes you feel good. I mean, there's nothing wrong with feelings and feeling good. And if that, you know, quoting the scriptures, whatever, to bring that vibration level up is making you uh, feel better, I, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, unfortunately, if you're negative, <laughs> it seems like we attract a lot of other negative people, you know, <laughs> because we're in common union with them. But God wants you to come into a common union with him. Uh, he wants to lift us up into a higher place. And, you know, the, the past hour, Rich and I have basically talked about uh, issues that were going to help you, strengthen you in your walk with Christ. And so why is it that we need to strengthen ourselves, that we need to grow in God? It isn't so we can just stay on a party high, but it's so we can go out and be used of God to deliver and to help other people in their journey, okay? Which is what Rich and I endeavoring to do. Uh, how, how good or bad, we're endeavoring to help and to encourage people and to lift them up. Um, there is a, a poem here that yeah, I'd like to end. Let's close with that. Okay. Here's a poem that the Lord gave me, and it says this. Oh, dear Lord... Rise up in me. I want to be a fruitful tree. See, that's another thing. Jesus is the tree of life that we're eating from. And if you eat enough of that fruit, guess what you become? You become a fruitful tree too. There was many trees in the garden, but we won't go there. Oh, dear Lord, rise up in me that I can be a fruitful tree, a tree of life that bears much fruit that only comes from the Father's root, a fruit that comes from only one source, a fruit so luscious, I will desire no other choice. A fruit that lasts, and it's without corruption. It's a fruit that lasts, and it's without interruption. Now the earth is the Lord's, and the trees thereof, and truly he will fill you with fruit from above. So go forth, O trees, and spread your branches, so you can dispense the fruit which enhances. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, we, we hope you got something out of this today. 
I know we always do. Whenever we prepare for these uh, meetings, we yeah, we, get blessed. we always get blessed. And hopefully some of what the Lord shared with us is a blessing to you. And we thank you for tuning in. And if you ever need to get a hold of us, kingdombuilding73 at gmail.com. God bless you.